So the title of today's message is Wrestling with the Second Yes. Wrestling with the Second Yes. Here at Glory to Him, our bishop and pastors has came up with some concepts and things that would set us up for success to walk a life of faith. And this would help you in every area of your life. Number one, know God. You heard in the announcements that talked about growth track. It's a setup. It's very significant if you're part of this body to make sure that you attend growth track. It's beneficial. It's beneficial to know God. It's beneficial to get free from what's hindering you. When you get free, there are hurdles in life that you're able to clear. But if you're not free, you're going to fall every time. Amen, somebody. And then the other thing is, Discover your purpose. You heard me talk about purpose earlier? We came here on purpose. You get up out of the bed on purpose. Discover your purpose. And then once you do all that, wherever you go in life, you make a difference. Amen, somebody? That's going to be significant here in just a minute. So what are the four things? Know God. Say it loud. Find freedom. Discover your purpose. Make, that's good. Can we do it one more time? Don't say it out loud. Can you say you have done all four? So now you know why you came to church. You know why you go to school? To find out how ignorant you are. And that's not a bad word. It just means you don't know. Now, it's a whole other thing to be stupid. But I didn't say that. I said ignorant. Ignorant is a lack of knowledge. So we read the Bible to find out who we are, whose we are, what we're supposed to be doing, how we're supposed to live. Amen? Is this making sense? Dude, on our journey to hearing God say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Who wants to hear that? Who, who, who wants to hear that? Okay, great. <laughs> awesome. Out of the mouth of babes. Or, when you're on your assignment, it requires two yeses. How many? Two. The first one is very easy. When you say yes to God, I, I, I want Jesus to be my Savior. That's the first yes. And when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you don't, do you believe Jesus, Son of God? You say yes. Because he said confess with your, and believe in your 
So that, 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 that was pretty easy, isn't it? You know why it's easy? He did all the work. He comes and take away all the bad stuff, all our sins. Did you not know, watch this, some people don't know this, the sins that you've done yesterday, last year, today, and what you're going to do tomorrow is already paid for? Where is, it? Where is it? Under the blood. That's how powerful the blood is. And guess what? It will never lose its power. Say never. So what's my part? If, if Jesus did all this, what's my part? Believe in him. Say it with me. Believe in him. That's our part. And receiving him as your savior. Have you ever heard, watch TV and, and see these awards being given out, whether it's athletes or entertainers? And I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You ever seen that? You ever seen that? Ho, ho, something, something wrong with that, isn't it? You notice they always want to yoke those two together? Savior and Lord. So if, you, if you're going to call me Lord, how come you don't do what I tell you to do then? Uh-oh. Hmm. After Jesus saves you, he wants you to make him Lord of your life. Hmm. Which requires a second what? Yes. Hmm. Interesting, huh? And that one is much more difficult than the first one. Because you think what you're doing as being Lord over your own life, things are going to get so much better. I beg the difference. The, the second yes is more difficult. You know why? Because it costs you. The first one costs him. The second one is going to cost you. Selah. Why is the Bible so full of blood? Because it's necessary that something or someone dies to pay the penalty of sin. That's why it's bloody. You see it in the Old Testament. Man, when they slaughtered all those animals, that altar was a bloody place. But it was what? Necessary. A cross has one purpose. What is it? To die on. Uh-oh, he got quieter here then. Jesus said, if any man will follow me, let him deny himself. Take up his, his, and what? So that tells me that we all have a cross. What's it for? Huh? To die on? <laughs> How many of you willing to die? See, see the claps went gone away now. When Jesus was paid the price and get, got that first one, I had a whole lot of claps, amen. And when it's time for you to get on the cross, I don't hear nothing. I, I know how to say it, nothing but nothing. Jesus said, I died on the cross to be your savior, but you are down on the cross to make me Lord. 
But the problem is so many people are unwilling to die. And they still want to be Lord of their lives. And my question is, to you is, how is that working out for you? If you still want to call the shots. You know what I hate to see? Th those tags on people got on the front of their car. God is my co-pilot. Let him drive. My, my wife quickly relinquished the seat. You drive. Look at the seat. Let's talk about the Lordship of Christ. I will bow my will and hang, on, hang it on the cross and let it die in obedience to you because I believe that your plan in heaven for me is so much greater than any plan that I could ever come up with for myself. So I will take my, up my plans and hang them on the cross and I will follow you because you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything I dare ask or think. So I'm going to let you drive. I'm going to let you be Lord. I'm going to hang mine on the cross. You know, in Jeremiah, he said, I know the plans I have for you to prosper you and do you well. And then in Isaiah, he says, My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than yours. So you know what? There's no comparison with a finite mind and an infinite one, one who knows everything. So why, why even try to compete? Are you listening? Testimony. I went off to college. I was the first one in my family to go to school beyond the high school. And I wanted to get away from home so bad. Because I ain't like the rules. Any of you been like that? Come on, I, ain't, I know I'm not by myself. All right, let, let, come on, put them hands up. You, you couldn't wait to get out of the house. I met that sweet thing over there, over there laughing. I met her. We got together, had many aspirations. I wanted to go to California so bad. When I then had an interview, they flew me out there and all this. But God had other plans. I was still kicking and fighting, still trying to make it happen. They showed me how luxurious the facilities were. I would have my own department and all this kind of stuff. And you know what? Looking back at that, I am so glad I didn't take that. Because it would have ruined me. I told the, some folks, I think it was yesterday, I couldn't be trusted in the world. Can you? I couldn't be trusted. So God had to put me in a place where I had to depend on him. And I'm thankful for it. So he put me in a place where I had to pray for provision, safety, a job that I could keep. Mind you, not bragging, I'm bragging on God. I kept a job 43 years, never laid off, never fired. Nothing negative in my record. Nothing. Zero. 
And guess what? Through that journey, I, I found God, got to know him. I got free from some stuff. I'm still working on some stuff now. I haven't arrived yet because I ain't going to heaven yet. Y'all follow me? So I'm, what am I saying? I'm not perfect. But I discovered my purpose, and I'm making a difference everywhere I go. That's what we're all supposed to be doing. Can you say amen to that? And I went on all these interviews, went to Boston, Massachusetts. Lord, no, no, no. You're getting off a plane at midnight, and there's snow everywhere in February, and you got to drive 40 miles to Concord, and they got these little trailers set up where the police huts are, and they talk to you through this gated window, and you're trying to get directions, and you lost as a goose in the fog, and it's cold, and your interview is 9 o'clock the next morning. Anybody ever flew into Boston before? It's dark. I'm landing at midnight. And all you see is water until you hit the ground. I died that day, you might just so good. It ain't comfortable in dark, y'all. Especially when you don't know where you are. And so she came with me, kicking and screaming. You, you hear that? Show dead. That's what she said. She didn't want to come here. Oh, it's all right. But she wanted me. Hey. <laughs> what, well, I ain't going to be one side, and I wanted her. Hey. Huh? Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. And so we came here, and, 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 and I got saved for real. I said, for real. Where some things I, will, I used to do, I wasn't comfortable doing anymore. It bothered me. You know what that told me? My spirit man was alive. When you can do any little thing and it don't bother you, your spirit man is dead. You need to be born again. Nick, y'all know who I'm talking about? Nicodemus, you must be born again. You mean I got to go back into my mama's womb? And, now, he's, a, he's one of the most illicit guys in, 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 the, in the law, supposed to know it inside out. And he was so scared that the Pharisees going to find out what he was doing, so he went to Jesus by night. And you know what he was told? You must be born again. Huh. That hit me. And God wouldn't leave me alone. Say, thank God, he won't leave me alone. So the things I thought I was getting away with, he ran right back to me. Through someone or something that was spoken. And it got my attention. Anybody else like that? So that second yes was tough for me. I want you to give all that up that you, you're pursuing. I know the plans I have for you. And listen, y'all, you hear me say this all the time. The thing that really registered in my spirit, man, was I knew that God is not man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. For if he said it, 
he will surely do it. He can't lie. It didn't say he won't. He can't because he is truth. Amen. So we had, my wife and I had all our little dreams. And we decided to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and do what he asked us to do. So everywhere we, we went, when we got married and we went back to my home church, we outgrew it. We outgrew it. And it was beginning to be a problem. Left peacefully, went to another church, we outgrew it. Left peacefully, got the, the pastor's blessing, and came here. My God. That's when things, you know what we did? Sit in the back. Sit in the back. We went to the orientation, what we call now growth track, and we looked at each other. We thought we knew a little something. You know what we said to each other? We don't know nothing. So when, you, when, when you're ignorant of certain things, you, you, you notice I said we call it growth track? When you're ignorant of certain things, you notice what's involved? Growing pains. Because you, 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 there's some light put on some things that you thought you knew, but you know what? We came to the conclusion we need to do? We need to sit down and listen. We ain't got no business teaching anybody anything. Amen, somebody. I'll get there in just a minute. It wasn't me navigating my life to happiness, but submitting my will. We talked yesterday with the men's group, talked about meekness. It's not weakness. Amen? You know what, you know what meekness is? Submitting your will to God's will. It's not that you're a weak man. You may be strong and arrogant and all that kind of stuff. You got all these, these thrills in you and all these abilities, but it's being able to submit your will to God's will. That's what make a weak man, I mean a meek man, a woman. Whenever you come to the conclusion, you ain't all that. Moses. Now let's go to uh, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Now that is a picture or a key to life right there. Y'all don't see it yet, but you will. Check this out. Can you do what you do with passion and don't burn up or burn out? Can you do what you do with passion and don't burn up or burn out? 
verse 3. Then Moses said, I will not turn aside and see this great sight, which the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Say, here I am. Everybody didn't say it. Here I am. That sounds good. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard the cry of because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Whatever you are going through, God knows about it. I said, God knows about it. How do you know that? He sees everything. So don't think you by yourself. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Israel was in bondage for over 450 years. 450. You know, that's almost as twice as, as old as the country itself. 450 years. Finally, they get the word that God is coming. Now, I don't know if I need to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it. Anybody here ever won the lottery? Sweepstakes. You ever seen that? Let's make a deal. Price is right. And those folks run down there like they done lost their mind. They're hollering. Look like they need stuff to hold them to keep things. Y'all know them? So what am I saying? They excited. So they heard God is coming. God is coming. They got excited. Celebrating. Having a good time. I don't know what all they were doing, but they was excited. How do you act when you're excited? Like that? that ain't too exciting to me. Y'all just afraid to let it out, huh? All right, go get somebody $100, see what they do. Somebody just did it? Oh, okay. So they, they were celebrating. Finishing verse 8 and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the ice. Now therefore, verse nine, now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel has come to me and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10, come now therefore and I will send you. Uh-oh. Who are we talking to? Come now and I will send you. What had just taken place before that? Israel had got word that God is coming. <laughs> and then he said, I'm going to send, uh-oh. Mm. Then they got word that Moses is coming. You know what that was for them? A big letdown. Moses? Remember Moses? He's not an Egyptian. 
and he's not a Hebrew, and he don't fit. Did y'all hear that? He's not an Egyptian. He's not a Hebrew, and he don't fit. You know what, what I discovered? It's, it's not always a bad thing when you don't fit in. Now let's go back to my wife and I. She didn't know a whole lot about worldly things because her mother kept her. And so when she was around a certain group of women, she didn't fit in. That's not a bad thing. Because when you don't fit in, that means you can change it because you're not like it. Somebody get that on the way home. When you're not like it, you can, you have the position, you're in a position where you can change because you're not just like them. It's not that we're standoffish. When I, when I, when I was at work, they had that little thing over there, they gambling, doing all kinds of things. I'm over there reading my Bible. I got my iPods in my ear, listening to the word. But guess who they came to when they got in trouble? Mm-hmm. And I didn't look down on them. Sure, smile, come on, God. sure. Let's see what I can do to help you. That makes sense. It's not bad always to not fit in. So Moses is a young adult. He, watch this. I know you read this story, but some people get confused when they read it because I've talked to him. He, he's a young adult. He thinks he's an Egyptian. He thinks he's an Egyptian because of where he grew up at. He's Pharaoh's brother. Did y'all hear me? Pharaoh is not his name. Pharaoh is his title. He's Pharaoh's brother. His name is Ramses. So he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. Moses rises up in anger. Say anger. No, say it like you mean it. Anger. Now he lives in an Egyptian house and he kills a military man that's an Egyptian. You tracking? He lives in what kind of house? And he kills a, he kills a military man. That's an Egyptian. Now he's a fugitive from justice and running for his life. For how many years? 40 years he's running for his life. Moses. What age did Moses die? Huh? 120. He was in training for at least 80 of them. Okay? And we think we're ready to tell somebody something? How long you been in training? One of the first things that Bishop asked me and my wife when we first met them, so what's your vision? That changed our life, didn't it, honey? Why is that important? Because without a vision, the people perish. What is your purpose for living? That changed my life, our lives. Amen, somebody. Now, this may shock you, but just, just stay with me. Your assignment is always tied to your anger. Take that as a clue. Did, did you hear what I said? Your assignment is always tied to your anger. Because what makes you angry is what you call to solve. 
It's a clue. It's a key. It's an indicator of your assignment. My God. So why did Moses get angry? It didn't bother anybody else when he saw that fight going on. You know, there are injustices all over the world. Something has to bother you. Something has to bother you. Not all of them going to bother you, but something should bother you. I can't love everything you love. I can't hate everything you hate. Amen? But when you put us all together, we are a force to be reckoned with. Try, try it with me now. That statement will make sense to you in just a minute. Here's Moses. The law has left him alone. He ran for his life. He's working in his father-in-law's house or his business. He gave him his daughter, Zipporah. Now he has a family, and he's doing fine. Say, so he's doing fine. He, he, he got a nice lady. He's working in his father-in-law's business. He, he's doing good. And then here comes this burning bush. Here comes this burning bush. Chapter 2, he slew a soldier. Chapter 3, he's running for his life and has a divine interruption. Had an experience at that burning bush. Chapter 4, he's still arguing with God. Y'all remember that? He gave so many reasons why he couldn't do what a God asked him to do. How many of y'all come up with excuses when you ask to do something? You better watch that. You read the rest of the story because Moses kept uh, coming up with excuses. God got angry with him. Yeah. Amen, somebody. And so he said, I am not eloquent, slow of speech, slow of tongue. And most theologians think he stuttered. <laughs> I ain't making fun of nobody, but that's just what he was talking about. Amen. Y'all got quiet on me then. So now somebody has got to go to Pharaoh. He's a big old military man. Let my people what? <laughs> Y'all seen Charleston Heston in that, in that movie, the old movie, The Ten Commandments? That long hair blowing in his chest all out. Let my people go. Moses, 80 years old. And he stuttered. You think that scared Pharaoh? Huh? Did he pay Moses any attention then? Even Jesus wrestled with that second yes at Gethsemane. You got the cross and you got Gethsemane. I think it's, 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 it just as much was accomplished in Gethsemane as it was on the cross. Why you say that? He was wrestling with the second yes. Y'all see that? He was wrestling. 
He was sweating blood. If there be any other way. If there be any other way. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Second, yes. You know, a lot of you here this morning are miserable. Why? Because you haven't gave him the second yes. You still thinking doing it your way will make you happier. But my Bible says he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything you dare ask or think. Now compare yourself to somebody who's able to do that. No comparison. So, guess what? He wants a second yes from you. He wants to bring your marriage under his lordship. Did everybody hear me? That means you're supposed to say yes to him. He wants to bring your marriage under his lordship. He wants to bring what you think under his lordship, your relationships under his lordship, who you date under his lordship, the way you raise your kids under his lordship. Do what it says in the Bible and quit putting your kids in time out. If you, if you want biblical results, do biblical thing instructions. Amen, somebody. I did. He wants to bring how you deal with your money under his lordship. Your attitude under his lordship. But what's our response a lot of time? I don't want to do this. Jesus did. Did there be any other way? But thy will be done. Nevertheless. And all this stuff that I just talked about, your marriage, your relationship, your kids, your money, he talked about all of that in the Bible. All of it. Amen, he did. I wouldn't trade anything for what I'm doing right now. Serving. You know what I look at myself as? Being right in the middle of the will of God. I laid down what I wanted to do, and I said, I'll do your will. Didn't we, honey? You know, you, you ever ask yourself, where are your scars? Where are your scars? Being the first one there, a lot of times being the last one to leave, doing what nobody else want to do, how much time you spend doing kingdom work out of the heart. You know, you know, how, you know how we look at it? Now I got to do it. I get to do it. That's a whole different attitude. Didn't, didn't I just say he wants your attitude under his lordship? If, and we taught our daughter, you, you go wash the dishes. But if you do it with a good attitude, it don't take as long. But you're going to wash them. You can wash them here at the Holiday Inn. It don't make no difference. Hey, hey. Amen, somebody. So,
So we had our burning bushes experience. Mine, my burning bush experience, I, 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 I thought I, I could do it myself. But it didn't take long for the eyes of my understanding to come open. Oh, I can't do this. Every time there's, there's a roadblock, there's a bump, there's a... I got tired of hit, getting knots. You know, if you get so many knots on your head, sooner or later get with your eyes and your eyes swollen, you can't see. And, and what did I say earlier? Without a vision, the people perish. <laughs> you can't see your way out. But he's able to do. Y'all getting it, don't you? Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, you've heard our bishop stand right here. He had his life, what he was doing. He, he was serving God. He was called a pastor of this church. He said, I didn't want to do it. This is my thought. He's seen a lot of pastors. And we talked. He's seen how they've been wounded, how they've been treated. He didn't want no part of that. That's his Gethsemane. What's yours? But what he ended up saying, not my will, but let your will be done. And he's serving right now. He's on assignment right now. Y'all follow me? Question for you. Have you had your burning bush experience? Is it still burning or have you burnt out or burnt up? If I wouldn't have said, had a, if we wouldn't have said yes to our second question, our marriage wouldn't be thriving. It wouldn't be. Everything that makes our life full, we wouldn't have. We would not have. So what is it that you have to say yes to? That's a question for everybody in here. What is it that you have to say yes to? If you remember, rewind tape, I came out and I was building everything up and I said, yes! Remember that? That was an indicator. I was talking to the Lord. Watch this. God will ask you to do a difficult thing a lot of times that you think is beyond you. Gideon. Did y'all hear what I said? If you can do it, it ain't you. It ain't God. It ain't God, but he in you, you can get it done. I can do all things through, which strengthens me. No, you can't do it within yourself. The second yes is the one that makes life worth living every day. Every day. You get up with energy. You get up on purpose. I know what I have the potential to accomplish in him. But you know, God is waiting for you to crawl up on your cross because what happened after the death? What happened after Jesus' death? He arose. The real you is on the other side of your cross. Uh-oh, did you get that? The real you is on the other side of your cross. It's never easy. Watch this but it's the substance of life. You saying yes to that second question, giving that second yes. 
So why did Moses have to say yes? Anybody know? Why did Moses have to say yes? Because God's answer was Moses. Did y'all hear that? God's answer was Moses. That's why he had to say yes. What made him angry? What made Moses angry? Seeing the people oppressed? What was his calling and assignment? To deliver the oppressed people? I hate ignorance. Anybody here beside me hate ignorance? It's a lack of knowledge. How many hate ignorance? I didn't say stupid. Ignorance is just, you just don't know. Stupidity, I don't have the capability to learn. When I see preachers who do not preach the Bible, I get angry. That's why I take my time and teach. I don't do a whole lot of screaming and hollering. I make sure that you got something to eat, that you can digest it, and you can apply it to your life. I want to feel like when I walk out of this door, I don't care how many pats on the back, if I don't get any, that I fed you properly. And he say, well done. I don't need pats on the back, as long as he do it. I get angry when I see people who don't know how to pray, who don't know how to cast out a devil, who don't know how to lay hands on the sick, who don't know how to listen to the spirit, who don't know what God says about their money, forgiveness, mercy, grace, justice, makes me angry. So that makes me know what my assignment is. Did y'all follow me? Many of you are in the nursing field. You've seen a lot of folks mistreated. So you get in there, you're angry, you make a difference. You discover your purpose, you make a difference. You already know God. You get free from the things that hinder you up. So you discover your purpose and you make a difference. Same thing applies for policemen, doctors, lawyers, school teachers, superintendents. Doesn't matter what the occupation is. Why is this so significant? You should know the truth. And the truth should make you free. That's why we, we preach the Bible. We teach the Bible. Can you stand to your feet? Every head bow, your eye close. Christians in an attitude of prayer. The first and foundational decision that has to be made for the blessings of God and his word to be able to flow into your life, you have to have that first yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So if that be you, and you want to give that first yes to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, remember, he paid, he paid the penalty. He did all the work. All you have to do is receive the finish, watch that, finish work of the cross. So if that be you and you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let me see your hand. 
Thank you for that hand. Anybody else? It's not God's will for any to perish, but that all come into the knowledge of the truth. So don't, we don't be swayed by the lies of the enemy because his purpose, watch this, his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we may have life and life more abundantly. So if you want to partake in what's been provided for you, let me see your hand. We'll pray with you. Second one. Thank you for that hand. Appreciate it. I've been doing my own thing. You may say, Pastor Joe, I've been doing my own thing for years. It ain't working out too good. I need a change. So uh, today I'm willing to say yes, the second yes to the Lord, so he can take control and I follow and submit my will to him. If that be you, let me see your hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Thank you. He's well able. There are promises. All the promises in him are yes and amen to the honor and glory of God. His, his, his hands, his arms have not waxed short, but he's able to do what he promised. He's able to do what he promised. As a matter of fact, you heard me say it earlier. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond anything you dare ask or think. If you can ask it, he can go beyond that. If you can think it, he can go beyond that. He can do a much better job than you have done or are trying to do because he have everything necessary to get it done. He's God all by himself. Praise the Lord. Let's pray for the first group. Father, I thank you. And those of you who are receiving Jesus for the very first time, I want you to say this prayer with me and everybody else join in. It's not important for you to hear me pray, but to hear yourself say these words to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross and paid in full the penalty for my sins. Today, I thank you. I surrender my life to you. Come in, sup with me so I can sup with you. I praise you for the finished work of the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Second group. You're submitting your will to God today. You're no longer in the driver's seat. You want him to take over. And from this day forward, you can call yourself a friend of God. When you put his word before him, he said, I'll hasten to my word to perform it. And where I send my word out to do, it will not return void, for it will accomplish what I set it out to do. So Lord Jesus, let's pray. Lord Jesus, today, I release myself to you. I am totally submitted to you, even when I don't want to. Nevertheless, 
let your will be done in my life. Today is the first day of the beginning of the new leaf in my life. I praise you. I thank you for your promises. All of them in you a yes and amen to the honor and glory of God. If you believe all that, give God a hand praise. Give him a shout. Give him a shout. Watch this. I love to watch Kenneth Copeland on his broad show, broadcast. You know what he always says? And I want you to say that with me. Jesus is Lord. Do you believe that? Say it like you mean it. You know what that means? It means you're no longer driving. You're going to do what he say do. And the only way you're going to know what to do is read what he said in his word. So that means you're going to have to make, you're going to have to make a commitment to feed yourself, put yourself in a position like you are today to receive the word. And I told the guys yesterday, make it a habit of reading the Bible through every year. So when you're in a setting like this, there's something that gets, that gets, that's going to set off a spark to bring it back to your remembrance. And it's going to create a hunger and a thirst that you want to go to find out more about what we just said. That's how you grow. Were you blessed today? If you need additional prayer, there are prayer warriors down here to assist you. God bless you. I hope you enjoyed the service.